Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Brian Fink. Brian is based in Brooklyn, New York, and specializes in both editorial and commercial photography. He has worked with clients such as National Geographic, ESPN The Magazine, The New York Times, Nike, and Budweiser, to name a few. Beyond photographing for some of the biggest publications in the game, Brian has also exhibited his work around the globe and published several books, including his new book, Hip Hop Honeys. Brian is a photographer who has a true passion for the craft, so it was a real pleasure getting a chance to speak with him in depth about everything that he's done in photography. So I hope you guys enjoy it, and thanks so much for listening. Well, Brian Fink, uh, welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks so much for taking the time to do this. Yeah, very happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, like I was telling you earlier, I've had a couple requests from listeners to have you on here, so I think people will be excited to hear a little bit more about your background and all the stuff you do in photography. And uh, All right. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. I, I guess just to start off, I was kind of curious, like, um, what have you been working on, like, say, the last month or so? What kind of stuff have you been uh, working on lately? Uh, well, I just had my, um, what is it, sixth exhibition at Clampart, and that uh, opened at the end of March, so uh, that just came out. It's about this series that I've been working on for a while. It's entire, entitled Hip Hop Honeys, and it's about uh, the models on set of hip hop videos, and it, uh, it was an exhibition, and then <clears throat> also Powerhouse published the book, so um, yeah, that's been uh, exciting coming out and sharing with the world, and also been doing a lot of editorial work, um, which is um, the thing that keeps me busy day to day. It's been a busy year of travel. I was in Dubai, uh, Japan, um, L.A., and San Francisco recently working on different stories. So, yeah, good good times, good travels. Yeah, how is Dubai? That just seems like I've never been there, but I've seen so many photos. It seems like a pretty unique place. Yeah, it was um, it was great visually. I was working on a story for Conanest Traveler, and it was uh, like a food travel story. And it was photographing the um, kind of like old city Dubai, a lot of like local mom and pop immigrant places, um, amazing food, eating like, I mean, it's great time shooting. It's eating like two breakfasts, two lunches, two dinners, um, and just like running all around town. So That's cool. Yeah. Man. That's really cool, and I guess how you mentioned you just had your exhibition at Clampart um, with Hip Hop Honeys, which I believe the book just came out in 2018, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, it just came out in March also to uh, coincide with the exhibition, so i um, just been doing that and all the press related to it and stuff, so um, yeah, it's great after working on something for several years on and off between in between assignment work and life and family and all those things to uh to be able to share it yeah so, definitely when yeah. you're when you're like putting an exhibition like that together like uh it must be a hard thing because you've shot so much because i believe you worked on that project for what like three or four years if, if, if i read correctly <clears throat> yeah totally um yeah on and off um which is a nice balance because i always i love having the the personal project to work on and it's just nice having that creative thing to be thinking about and how it influences assignment work and assignment work how it influences the personal thing back and forth so it's nice to um yeah to have that but yeah as far as editing it's something that i do a long while shooting um it's kind of i'm always i guess the type of photographer editor that like 
once shooting something, like the selects always kind of uh, present themselves pretty quickly. And then for me, it's about having that time to kind of like let the pictures resonate and see how I feel about it. And then that's where it becomes really interesting as far as I enjoy the process as far as the story building. Um, and then, yeah, revisiting the same type of environments and seeing how to to decide to build like a very well-rounded story. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Do you feel like you have like a, a different approach to like editing the book versus like editing like the gallery show? Or how because it, it's kind of like two different things. How does that kind of play out? Is there or is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The process. I um, with the book. I I like working with friends that are art directors and designers. So uh, with Hip Hop Honeys, I worked with this art director um, Jeff Dreyer, and I met him out and <clears throat> I was out in L.A like a year ago and we just met up for some barbecue and beers and he was showing me all these album covers that he had been designing and we had worked on some commercial shoots prior um and i was loving this like personal thing that he had been working on and he had started incorporating the text um of the albums into the photograph and after it looked beautiful and after <clears throat> meeting up i was like oh jeff i'd love to work on this um i'd love you know, to uh, for you to design the hip hop book and to work on that together. And I love how you've been doing all these album covers. So we reshot the cover. It was like the book was like so ready to start, like in production. Um, and he had the idea of getting this necklace made that said "Hip Hop Honeys" and got one of the models to wear the necklace and reshot it. And it was just a different way of approaching a cover image than in the past. And I was really happy how it how it turned out so mm. no that that's really cool that's kind of yeah. great to hear that you're, you're you're happy to like ask other people's advice about editing your stuff you feel like it's important to kind of get someone else's perspective like on the edit and things yeah it's nice to have i mean fresh eyes at it and it's very much like um a conversation back and forth like um as far as like hearing his ideas about the design and then also just playing around with the sequencing and <clears throat> during that time I was traveling, I was in China and I would just be like in hotel rooms with like all the prints like laid out on the floor <laughs> and like taking pictures of the different like pairs and he would be sending me like his suggestions and it was a fun back and forth just to, um, yeah, a way of kind of figuring it out and, um, um, yeah, figuring out the layout and the sequencing and everything. But I enjoy that process. I like, um, because um, so much of the shooting, I mean, with the personal projects, the books, the shows, is just myself going and seeing whatever <clears throat> feels right and um, um, just kind of, which I like being just left up to my own, like myself to figure it out. And then at a certain point, it is nice to bring in um, um, a new approach and to see what other somebody else might see in the work, especially somebody that I, yeah, respect uh what they do a lot also so yeah um, yeah i think that's yeah. i think that's smart nice way to bring it together yeah i think that's smart because i think sometimes like even myself in the past i would get stubborn stubborn with like the way i edit my website and stuff and be like no it's like got to be this way this way but then sometimes you get someone else's perspective and then it actually works out better like the way you're editing and stuff so i think that's pretty cool that you mm -hmm. collaborate with other people with that kind of thing um yeah yeah it's a good time it's also the same way with 
working for the doing the edit for the exhibition. I, I bring all the prints uh, to Clamp Art, and I work with the director Brian Clamp, and we lay everything out and do an edit. And it was kind of like <clears throat> with this series, it was very much like there was definitely like a handful of pictures that we both knew that we wanted to have an exhibition. But then it's also like playing more with the subtleties of the temperament and bringing in like there was one image of um, of a model and she's just kind of like uh, sitting on the floor, kind of bored, like T-shirt pulled over her knees and just, you know, all the hours of like waiting and waiting like for the shooting of the video to start. And it was a nice kind of quiet bored moment to include, which was in, in a nice contrast to some of the stuff that was like, sexier, um, um, more flashy, just kind of um, uh, more over the top. Uh, So it was nice editing very tightly and building a very nice, well-rounded story uh, with the edit, um, which was important just to have pictures that touched on a lot of different emotions. Yeah, definitely. um, And one thing I was going to ask with like that project, looking at it, are you basically just kind of like a fly on the wall or like some of the shots are you like setting them up and kind of telling people to where to stand and stuff or is it all this kind of documentary style or how did you kind of approach working on that project? Yeah, um, this one, I mean, it was very much fly on the wall and then there are like some pairings of portraits throughout the book. Um, the portraits, they were very kind of very quick and spontaneous. So it was very much just about how uh, the subject wanted to um, show themselves to the camera, how they wanted to react to it. So it was very little or no directing on my part, um, which to me is important because I want like the person's personality to come through in the portrait uh, for the viewer to be able to connect with that. So, um, yeah, um, very much reportage. Yeah, fly on the wall, and all that. How you're, and like how you're saying, yeah, and how you're saying you kind of like would work quickly. Is that kind of generally how you work on shoots when you're photographing people? Are you kind of this like a, do you sh- usually shoot a lot if you're like photographing a person? Or are you kind of like quick and kind of move on to the next next thing? Or how's your kind of process usually? Yeah, I mean, I, I like it to be, for me, it's very important to be very present and in the moment and very reactionary. And I mean, now everything's digital. Years ago, it was like Hasselblad film, pulling Polaroids. And um, I like, <clears throat> I mean, the transition to digital, it was all about, for me, about being even more responsive and being able to even like react even quicker in a situation. Um, so between like the DSLRs and the autofocus and the TTL flashes, it's all just so fast and spontaneous now, which mm. I really like. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all about being quick. I do. I mean, it just depends on on the situation. I do like to shoot a lot because I think that there's something like I always love the frames that it's something that um, a surprise that presents itself. Um, so through shooting and working a situation, which I think is very important, it allows for that to happen. Yeah, def- yeah. definitely. And like how you mentioned, you kind of started off, you're shooting Hasselblad and, and you're shooting digital now, I suppose. Um, and looking at your website, are you ha- most of your, it looks like most of the photos on there are still square. So are you like shooting digital and then still like cropping square for like a lot of the stuff you do? Yeah. Um, yeah, I use the Nikon cameras and they do a four or five sensor crop. Oh, wow. 
and also um, a, a four or five crop in the viewfinder. So it's, you know, <clears throat> almost there. And then I just tighten it up a little bit in Lightroom um, and I've become, yeah, so used to that process now after I guess, geez, maybe like the past six years or so yeah. of, um, yeah, of doing it digitally. That's interesting. Yeah. What do you think it is about the square that you're kind of drawn to? I know. Um, <laughs> it's like I just—it was like I can't even remember how many years when I picked up the Hasselblad, and it was just like it just felt right. Um, I'm like super OCD. I love things to fit like very formally in a space. So for me, it just like it so just feels right. And I know we're almost like overly inundated with like the square format, with like Instagram and things like that. Now that it's like you see the square so much, but like back in the, I mean, back in the day when, I mean, I'm trying to even think what you're maybe like 97, something like that. When like first picking up the hospital, it felt so much more <clears throat> unique and whatever. It's fine. It's just kind of like, it's stuck. Um, it's, I mean, basically to answer your question, it's the formality. I like how everything kind of like fits very cleanly. Um, in the frame that way that so. makes sense being that you like crop square do like when you're working editorial do, do a lot of times the magazines end up like cropping your stuff for verticals or how does that work uh usually right um i mean very occasionally okay. um i i deliver i deliver everything like a very tight edit and everything with the square crop on it. Um, and then it's just like occasionally if they need to run, you know, something over two pages or like a full page vertical or something, then they, they might crop it in. But, um, yeah, normally people, I mean, they hire me to do, do my thing do. and yeah. yeah. And then, um, yeah, continue, um, present it that way also in the format. Cool. So, that makes sense. Yeah. And, uh, I guess just to go back a little bit, um, like where did you grow up in like, um, what are you kind of your, like your earliest memories of photography? Oh yeah. Um, I grew up uh, in a suburb of Houston, Texas mm. and yeah, I started taking pictures my first year in high school. Um, I was really fortunate. My public school that I went to, it had a ton of photo classes. So I spent like all the time in the dark room. Um, I mean, by the time I was a senior, I had like four photo classes in like, wow. maybe, like maybe like math and English type of a thing. So <laughs> It was just like, yeah, it was just like out shooting all the time. I was like the yearbook and newspaper photographer, like running around schools, photographing games, parties, all that stuff. And I mean, I think part of like falling in love with photography was being in the darkroom all the time and um, just like listening to music and really spending time <clears throat> with images and like looking at it um, um, and I've always been interested in documentary photography. When early on in high school, I came across uh, the work of W. Eugene Smith, and there was this book that came out, oh gosh, I think um, maybe like early 80s, um, called Let Life Be the Prejudice. And it was a whole like retrospective of his work, but was really kind of touching and amazing. And it was all the letters the correspondences between him and like family members um like while he was traveling and talking about his work and the experience of it and also motivations and all this stuff it was very insightful um to his whole process and very inspiring and my original <clears throat> interest in photography really comes from that 
social documentary, um, social awareness aspects of it, um, which I still feel like I continue. Um, it's just, I mean, um, when I was in school at SVA, I was very like photojournalism, black and white reportage. I was like emulating a lot of like the photographer's work that I love, like Eugene Richards, Robert Frank, Joe yeah. Perez, um, all these like really amazing classic guys that, um, I still love their work. And, um, it wasn't until I came back, um, from India, uh, after, uh, shortly after graduation, I, uh, well, my senior year at SVA, I won two grants and one of them was to go to India to photograph child labor issues. And I spent three months there wow. traveling around and photographing all these kids that lived and worked in train stations. And it was an amazing experience. But <clears throat> after coming back, I was looking at the pictures and, um, I just, started to feel the need to photograph something that was much more about my own culture, about where I came from, instead of feeling the need to like go and photograph these other places. And also um, I had been photographing what started to present itself very clearly, very kind of quote unquote, like traditional documentary subject matter. Mm. So I, um, yeah, from there I took it in a totally different direction and started photographing cheerleading competitions yeah. <laughs> out in Florida <laughs> in Hasselblad Square, Color, tons of flash. Uh, I saw the movie Bring It On, and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Um, uh, it all kind of tied itself back into, like, being in high school and photographing football games and cheerleaders and growing up in the suburbs of Texas. Um, both my sisters were cheerleaders, uh, two younger sisters, well, when, when I was in high school, and um, when they <clears throat> were in high school and then also college. So, um, yeah, kind of my current style and tradition and aesthetic that I work in, it was, uh, part of the motivation for, um, mm. uh, for doing and, and starting that. Now that's yeah. interesting. Like how you mentioned you were kind of shooting black and white and stuff in SVA. And one thing I always ask photographers when I talk to them is like, you know, like I think a lot of photographers struggle with this kind of finding their like unique uh, photo aesthetic or like their photographic signature. Like, was it like a light went off when you kind of started shooting color and all this flash stuff? Did it kind of take you a while to get to that point? And how did you kind of, how do you kind of craft that look you think? Right. It was, I mean, it was a combination of a few subtle things happening over some time. And then once like, picking up the camera and the flash, it just like all the different elements came together very quickly along with, um, the subject matter and it all just kind of made sense and felt right together. I mean, when I was at SVA, I assisted a lot of magazine photographers. Um, and I started seeing how they would use flash. And at that time it was part of, I mean, <clears throat> it was incorporating the flash. It was part of made, the photographer's aesthetic very versatile, seeing being able to go into many different situations, um, working on assignments and kind of, you know, never knowing kind of what you're in for until kind of like showing up and having to figure it out. And I really like that process. Um, so seeing, being assisting different photographers and seeing how they worked um, with different styles of like very small handheld flashes. And one of them was a, a quantum Q flash, which I love the quality of the light, like very crisp and poppy and sharp and just kind of like 
you see all the details in it. Um, so I started learning that technically. And then um, when I, like, I mean, during SVA, I had color printing classes. And I was, like, still, like, all I was just, like, black and white, black and white, black and white. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, after getting out of school, I started shooting for, um, public like the village voice and Time Out, And then shortly after that, New York magazine and, um, yeah, it was to shoot in color. Um, so I, um, started using, I liked the quality of the slightly larger medium format and then the com- combining it with the Q flash, um, uh, with the crispness and, the quality of the larger negative along with the combination of that very like detailed light mm. um it just made for beautiful prints um so i liked the combination of that and then the small quantum q flashes they were still really quick <clears throat> and light to run around in reportage situations yeah. uh and also quick enough or powerful enough to overpower daylight outside, which I liked a lot or to be able to mix with it very closely. Um, mm. uh, cause I came from like, I loved black and white printing. Um, as I mentioned, like starting in high school and then when I was at, uh, SVA, I would started printing like ex- black and white exhibitions for photographers. And I loved being able to spend the time with an image and manipulate it and change the mood um, through burning dodging and all like different darkroom techniques. So <clears throat> I started shooting uh, color with flash and instead of doing all of that, you know, burning dodging in the darkroom, I started making it in camera when a picture was taken um, as far as being able to lighten and darken areas and really direct a viewer's eye through yeah. a photograph. No, so. that's exciting. Is is the Q flashes? Is that kind of still what you're working with nowadays mostly? It is, but I just got the the Pro Photo the A ones, and I kind of love them. Oh, is, <laughs> oh, is that the, is that is that that new thing? They're basically like the Pro Photo speed lights. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's this, it's the same power. It's seventy five watt seconds, and they're just so tiny. Yeah, I I got them actually. Because I um, uh, just recently went to Japan, to Kyoto, um, to photograph a story for Bloomberg Business Week, photographing at uh, the Nintendo factory there, which was, like, really awesome and rad to, like, be able to go in there. I was doing these portraits, but I've been to Japan many times in the past, and the quantum batteries, that's just flying domestically within Japan. There's only a few countries around the world um, that are run into this, but... Like on a prior assignment, I was like had to miss a flight because I was having all these issues with being able to bring the batteries on the plane. Um, so with the new with the A ones, it's like it's so tiny and it doesn't look like anything. You know, it's just so like nondiscreet that I actually specifically got the lights first to for that assignment with knowing that I had to yeah to go. Um, yeah, to Japan and fly into T- um, Tokyo and then catch yeah. a connecting flight yeah, to Kyoto. That's pretty um, exciting. Do you, fe- do you feel like uh, working with these new flashes, is, is your look kind of switched up at all, or is it still kind of looking similar? I, it, I mean, it's still, I mean, I like, I always feel like different projects or every so many years, like the the aesthetic changes very subtly. Like, I noticed the difference. Um, it'd be interesting to see how... Um, but yeah, I think it is slightly different. Um, and I'm still playing with it to figure it out, to yeah. see like 
um, what works right, but it's slightly, I feel from the Q flashes to this, it's, it's slightly softer and it, um, um, isn't quite so much like a giant blast. Like Mm -hmm. it mixes, mixes a little more with the ambient, which I like. I think it's, um, feels a little different and they do interesting things with like, kind of like a zoom thing on the lens. Um, um, so yeah, it's, something subtly different uh that playing with because i'm just kind of all just i'm very single-minded with like the equipment (laughs) and like flashes i always pick up like the same camera the same lens the same lights and it's just i love for all that to be um so second nature and um yeah yeah Yeah, i'm the the same way like i i actually hate buying new gear like it's like the last thing i want to buy like a lot of people want to buy new gear like i only buy stuff i like i really need to (laughs) like i just have the same stuff forever (laughs) Um, yeah yeah but uh one thing i was kind of curious about like being you've been like real successful with like editorial and commercial and everything you do like once you kind of craft your look do you feel like do you feel like you have to kind of keep shooting that way or do you feel like you still have the flexibility like if next week you wanted to do a project shooting eight by ten black and white or do you feel like you when you're working commercial you still need to like kind of have your niche or uh, what, what do you think about that Right. Well, for, well, with that example, I don't really want to pick up a four by five. Yeah, I, I was an example. <laughs> All right, I'm a Mia. Whatever, whatever you want, Brian. I like them. Try them. Don't like them. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think I. I mean, I gravitate to like the camera and the gear that feels right to me, okay. which I like really enjoy using. So, um, um, there isn't really. I mean, sometimes I. Um, I, I guess I play with things more subtly than that okay. is the answer. Yeah. Um, instead of like picking up something drastically different, maybe it's like, um, like I like tr- <clears throat> kind of in general, I like being very close to people I photograph. Like I've tried shooting with long lenses cause I think it's an interesting, like, compression of space and how that feels but i don't like the experience of taking pictures that way to me it's like i like being very close and in the moment and very it also helps me be much more reactionary to the subjects and the situation going on Mm. so um yeah I, i every so often like play with different things but normally kind of always make my way back to what um um, what always naturally in, instinctually feels right. And sometimes maybe it's like, I, well, for a small example of like, I've just been using like, uh, I don't know, a different lens instead of only using like a fixed 35, I've been using like, uh, uh, what is it? A, uh, 24 to, 70. I don't even know. The, <laughs> 24 to like 80. Yeah. And I kind of like the focal distance, not 35 or not 50, but something just kind of in between. It um, makes it just slightly less wide. Mm-hmm. And also the feeling of it being slightly uh, slightly longer than 50. Um, so for me, that's a subtle change um, that I'm not so sure how like apparent it is in, mm-hmm. in seeing the work. But to me, um, yeah, it is a difference. So mm-hmm. it's just. Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. A little different. And like yeah. one thing I was kind of curious about, like looking at all your work, you kind of do like you said, like lots of documentary, be it like cheerleaders, bodybuilders, the hip hop honeys. Um, what do you think it is about, I guess, maybe like your personality or like your approach that allows you to kind of like 
uh, allow people to be comfortable around you and shooting these projects because like I imagine sometimes it's hard because mm-hmm. you probably show up like hip hop honey's like like who the hell is this guy you know um, <laughs> you you think it's like something you you've gotten good at over time or like your approach has kind of just kind of gotten stronger I guess right I I think it's um, I hope stronger I think it's for me it's been more of an awareness level about what feels right when photographing and approaching um and yeah approaching a situation and just kind of like for my myself i'm not a very loud dominant personality um in general i'm much more a little quieter more of a listening and i think that that naturally works well in just being in a situation and not being overbearing Mm -hmm. and um, allowing it just allows for people to more be stronger or more, more dominant in a situation just to let them go about doing what they're doing. I'm like, I'm so like uncomfortable or awkward when I have to like fully direct a subject to tell them (laughs) everything to do. It's so like, it's more like I'm more about like just saying and carrying around quick banter or kind of um, interjecting or almost like poking or making fun of myself or something (laughs) that kind of like allows me to capture these kind of in-between quirky, um, spontaneous, funny in-between moments. Um, Like when I was in Japan and just using it as an example with it just being a recent thing, it was so tricky photographing these guys. They were like CEOs and just the, like not being able to speak the same language. Um, and also it being kind of a very formal situation. Um, normally I would just, I don't know, carry on whatever kind of, I don't know, banter that comes up, but it was still like looking for these, the, um, kind of, in between moments, but it was much more subtle about the direction of like someone's eye was looking or right before they like got into like the position of where they were going to be, to be photographed in a space. So, um, now that, that's, yeah. that's interesting. That seems like a challenging one because for one thing you have the language barrier, but then there's also this cultural difference of like that country yeah. and how people interact with each other. And it seems like from like, I look at photography as like, I think when you're photographing people, the real skill is like what you said, like how you're able to interact with these people. Obviously, you need to know the gear and stuff. But I think like you said, it's like being able to have this like banter with people and things like that is like the real skill. And that's how you kind of get those unique moments, I think. Um, It's Mm -hmm. kind of interesting. Um, Yeah, it's just to be able to figure out some way to connect with somebody very quickly. Um, um, I mean, I say quickly because a lot of assignment or that assignment assignment experience was like fly all the way to Kyoto and then have 20 minutes one day to photograph some guys and then 20 minutes the second day. And it's like, yeah, gotta, gotta produce it and, and make something. Um, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's a, a good photo. Yeah. That's so. a, that's a tough yeah. one. Do you feel like, do you walk away from every assignment like satisfied or like, or sometimes are you like, damn, I could have like done this or like, are you always 100% satisfied with everything you walk away with? Cause like with those situations, it's tough. Like you said, you only get 20 minutes. So it's like, I guess you can't, mm-hmm. you can't try everything you want, you know? Yeah. It's about, I mean, it's, 
Um, I mean, I always want to feel uh, like I did the best job mm-hmm. uh, that I possibly could, that I gave it my all. Um, and <clears throat> it's about trying, it's about being familiar uh, with situations and um, about trying to learn about as much beforehand and even, well, with going there, <clears throat> only had 20 minutes to shoot, but then it's like showing up and um, meeting like PR people and stuff beforehand and location scouting and just being able to do all as much prep work as possible based on the experience of just knowing what it'll be like having been in similar situations and how to make the most of it. Mm-hmm. So, no, that makes yeah. sense. And I guess just to go back a little bit, like when you kind of got out of SVA, um, did you kind of already have like a goal in mind for like the type of photography work you wanted to do? And like, what was kind of your first step kind of getting into, like, I guess the photo industry? Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I've always I mean, wanted to be a magazine photographer and along with that, I've always wanted to publish books and do gallery shows and, um, yeah, do other commercial work. The steps for me, how it kind of worked from <clears throat> um, being at art school, um, graduating, and that transition from being a student and printing and assisting to shooting myself. Um, for me, it was two big things that, will, that I'd mentioned. Uh, it was... Uh, applying for awards and winning these two competitions, um, grants when I was in school. One was through the Alexia Foundation for World Peace, and the other was through this foundation called Child Labor in the Global Village, which is the one that sent me to India. Um, the Alexia Foundation one, it was I went back to Texas briefly um, to photograph at the high school and that one of my sisters was still at, and it was just went, it was like, just, big mistake going back to Texas <laughs> and I just it was like I so my head was like wanted to be in New York and wanted to be like around friends and be creative and like start pursuing like all of that so you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't yeah. it's life um mm-hmm. it was like made some nice photos but I'm kind of getting sidetracked no, um all right I think um applying for grants and competitions is a great thing um winning those two uh awards it open doors to have meetings for with photo editors um, like at the New Yorker and New York Times, wow. different publications, and not that I started shooting for them right away, but it was an original introduction. And then, you know, like every few months, three, four, six months, I would be back in touch and show them new work. And it was just that, like, persistence, which I think is, of course, huge. Um, um, so it was nice to open some doors and then um, I think the experience from assisting and seeing how photographers work, um, it, how they operate in assignment situations yeah. and how they problem solve and expectations and anything from the practical things of just seeing how they navigate all of it while shooting and then the things from like invoicing, billing, promoting, mm-hmm. all that type of stuff. It was a very nice um, being familiar with that, and it also just helped build up the confidence level that I could do that. Um, so, um, yeah, and then it was starting to get small assignments, and then it just kind of snowballed from there, and editors move around a lot, and 
an editor that I had worked with at the Village Voice. She went to New York Magazine. I shot like a small front of the book thing, and then uh, that went well, and then got a feature, and it just kind of yeah Damn. built from there. Do you so, me- do you uh, me- do you remember some of your kind of first assignments you got? Yeah, off. I mean, it was doing a lot of nightlife stuff, um, photographing DJs, um, yeah, stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. um, and then, yeah, I've always, I mean, part of my process, which I uh, think has been very important, is always doing personal work and putting that out yeah. um, and sharing that <clears throat> with editors. Like my first portfolio that I would physically show around before I published my cheerleading football book, it was all pictures of just cheerleaders and football players um and i think it was something that really kind of like picking something and obsessing about it and working on it it showed a real interest in a particular subject matter and dedication and i think that all of that came through in the work and then started getting like the book came out and then i started getting assignments to photograph a lot of things that are sports related because a lot of times it is that direct of a connection um mm. and that's how it's happened through all yeah the projects like doing um a book about flight attendants helped me get assignments with um photographing for airlines yeah you shot, i was gonna Zealand yeah i was gonna ask, yeah i was gonna ask you about that you shot a whole campaign for delta which i think was through like widen mm-hmm. kennedy uh which was interesting yeah. how you say you shot a project about flight attendants and the thing that i was curious about when you're shooting that project and then i guess afterwards when you finish it are you like actively like marketing it to try to get like assignments that would kind of work with that project you did or is it just kind of happened naturally or how does that kind of work? Yeah. I mean, I, it kind of happened. It happens naturally. Um, people see it and like, since the hip hop book came out, I was, um, W magazine sent me out to, um, photograph Rihanna's pool party at Coachella. Um, (laughs) and now, um, yeah, some other things are coming up. Um, yeah, very closely related subject matter. And same thing with like my construction book, I was, um, hired to do stuff, photographing truck drivers, um, just with a very similar subject matter. Uh, which was a really fun shoot for mobile, uh, Delvac, and just very much in like a reportage way and hanging out these like truck driver conventions down in Louisville. Um, uh, from the U.S. Marshals, uh, this editor at Wired magazine sent me down to photograph John McAfee um, down in Belize, and it was just all about like bodyguards and guns yeah, and stuff. Yeah, I was so. going to ask you about that <laughs> series because those photos look <laughs> fucking crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it was, completely, and I love that. I mean, that's what I love about photography. It's like it's always something new. It's always like I show up and I'm like, I'm here. How did, <laughs> why? Like, now I get to like do I, all this. But, I, fe- I felt yeah, it was nuts. It was like yeah. a writer had been had spent like six months with John McAfee down there. Um, they, I was sent for like a handful of days and. Um, uh, yeah, like the first night he was like, I arrived and he's like, come over, it'd be great to meet you. And then he can come back and start shooting the next day. And like arriving by this like boat taxi to like his big, like compound thing, there was, you know, guards with like guns and rifles and all this stuff. And then like the next day, like he's hanging out and, um, yeah, like he had different girlfriends start showing up and, the writer had told me about 
a story that when he was interviewing John, that John started playing like Russian roulette. And uh, I was like, "Mm, let's start with that photo. (laughs) So he like takes off his shirt and he like sticks his gun to his head. And I'm like, wow, this is happening. So, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's what's amazing about documentary photography and being out in the world is just that I feel like I can never make it up as just amazing it is that it like already exists out in the world. It's just being in interesting situations. Um, and then things just start to present themselves. So, yeah. Yeah. That um, was, those photos were yeah. wild, man. I, I felt nervous just looking at those photos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And to top off the whole story after that whole like experience of just being down there and shooting for a few days, I got, when I, came back to New York, like literally like two days later, I got a call from my editor and she was like, John's on the run. He's accused of like killing his neighbor and like the whole media storm thing like blew up after it. And I was like, wow, I was literally (laughs) just there before all of this happened. Jesus Christ. um, Yeah, that's wild. Um, And, um, you know, one thing I was going to ask you is like, I mean, you've been doing this for a while, a while now, and like you're, you photograph from everyone from like National Geographic, GQ, the New York Times, and so on. Do you feel like it's been like a slow and steady build for you, or is there like one assignment that kind of like help you get a bump, or like? Because I think a lot of younger photographers they can get frustrated because everyone wants to shoot for those magazines. Um, maybe you could talk a little bit about like this kind of the build up to like where you are now. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Well, I think what has helped always like sustain and build my career is doing the personal work is like every so many years putting out like doing a book, doing a show um, and having a new subject matter to build upon that people associate with me with and start thinking, just calling me for assignments, basically. Um, As far as like it's never any one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always find like, at least from my own experience, it's always putting it out there in many different ways. Um, and also it's like busy and then slow and then busy and slow. And, yeah. um, it's also, that's why it's nice having personal stuff in to be working on because it always fills in the gaps and that stuff always gets it going again. And I think that's changing. I mean, it's changing these days. So much has been changing. Um, I mean, with National Geographic, how I started shooting for them, my first story with them was uh, about meat. And it was about Americans' obsession with beef. And I got a call. um, I had never, like, actively promoted myself to National Geographic. It was, I mean, I, you know, totally love and respect the magazine and the whole history behind it, but I never like kind of thought of myself as a National Geographic photographer. Yeah. Um, but I, it's been awesome working with them, and I, I love the people there and, and my editors that I worked with uh, or have been working with. And um, I got a call, and it was partly from my Instagram. I had been posting like all this like um, um, just meat pictures from like I love grilling from Texas, and I. Uh, at that time I had moved to Brooklyn and had a backyard and bought like a drum smoker and all this stuff. Yeah. And a good friend of mine was a neighbor and he's a great chef. And we were just like grilling, smoking, cooking, like all that. And, um, um, yeah. And they were like, wow, this dude's 
really obsessed with me. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that happened to be from Texas. And, but it wasn't just that. It was like I had also applied for a competition. I didn't get it. But like, um, um, I think the, the director of photography had seen like recently at that time had seen my work like as part of one of the, the people that was applying and just having a, um, a history of, of editorial work. So my point being, it's always comes from like multiple different directions. Yeah. I never think it's ever like one thing that comes out. It's like, I had the misconception, like my first book came out and I was like, wow, I'm sad. I had a book come out <laughs> and it's like, sure, it's great. And I love like, like it's extremely, and it's always like the most rewarding thing in photography for me is to work on those projects and put it out there. Um, but it's never, it's just, it's a whole, it's a, always a continued, um, yeah. um, yeah, experience. No, so. that makes sense. It's just yeah. like the grind, this consistency, you keep shooting, putting it out there and this trying to stay in the game. That's the way I look at it. And this like, keep going and keep, keep going year after year, you know? Um, yeah. And always having the hunger and, the excitement and the curiosity and all of that. Yeah. So, and, um, yeah, and, and it comes through in the photos. For sure. Yeah. And then with, like, National mm -hmm. Geographic, um, I was curious, like, how is it working with them versus, like, other magazines? Because is it, like, with National Geographic, or a lot of times the photographers kind of pitching their own ideas and uh, stuff like that? Or how how is it working with them? Right. Um, with them, I, um, it's a very involved experience, which mm -hmm. is very unique and great and special because of that. Um, it kind of starts off, um, well, most of my work assignment work, it's always when an editor calls with an idea in mind. Mm. Um, so I get a call, um, like sounds awesome. Let's do it. Um, and then with national geographic, there's a time kind of like a research period leading up to actually going and shooting. Um, in my experience, it's been like a few weeks and the editor sends me like a a list of a bunch of like books to buy or articles to read start like really like familiarizing um, myself with the subject matter and also so we have like different talking points and ways to start um, talking about how to approach it <clears throat> um, so that in itself is very unique the time that is allowed for an assignment is pretty incredible um, yeah. the stuff most of the stuff that I've done, it would be like on and off for like a period of like three months or so. Um, oh, wow. And just my most recent story, which was a cover story about the origins of alcohol that came out um, last year. Uh, I was photographing in Peru, south of France, Republic of Georgia, Germany, a few spots in the U.S., and wrapped it up in China. So it's a very, um, um, yeah, it's a very unique way of storytelling. Um, with that way. And also during that, that three months of photographing, I, their offices are in DC. Um, there's called like a midterm review where we, I go to DC and I meet with my editor and do a small presentation, um, to a handful of editors. And then at the end of the assignment, go and spend a week there again and edit through it and wow. put together a presentation that's to the, um, entire publication. So, Damn. Um, that, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's a substantial thing, um, which is, it's great. Um, yeah, just to be able to, to spend that amount of time to really, um, 
um, dig in and obsess about something. Yeah, no, that's really exciting. And like, you've gotten to travel all over the place. Um, do you feel like, like magazines are still like sending photographers all over the place now? Or is it like, cause like, it seems like, uh, sometimes they want to hire people that's kind of locally. Have you seen that kind of change over, over time? Yeah. I mean, both. Um, yeah, I mean, there is definitely, um, um, yeah, looking for that. I mean, but also that being said this year, I've just recently went to Japan and Dubai, um, and flying around the States still quite a bit. So, um, I'm, it's definitely less so. Mm. Um, so no, yeah. that's exciting. What about the travel? Do you like, do you still love this kind of traveling and checking new stuff out or is it? Oh yeah. I love everything about it. Um, I love the feeling I got getting on an airplane, being in a, a totally new place. Um, just that experience of meeting people and, um, yeah, it's a very addictive lifestyle, um, to, to always be like something new. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. No, very that's, fortunate. Yeah, that's awesome. Do it. So, and uh, one thing I was going to ask you about, I saw that you were a part of uh, an exhibit called Cortona on the Move, which is in Cortona, Italy. I was lucky enough to visit it last year, and uh, I would urge people to check it out. It, it's like i never seen anything like it. It's like this exhibit. Uh, maybe you could explain it to people what it is. Yeah, it's um, uh, exhibitions and um, uh, a photo festival and... They display, I mean, it's a beautiful old town um, on, like, the top of this hill, yeah. like, small, classic, like, winding streets, and um, exhibitions are done in very unique creative spaces, whether it might have been, like, an old church or um, just small building. My images were printed on these big, um, like vinyl tarp material uh, and exhibited around the town and they had shown my flight uh, flight attendant series uh, when I went several years back so yeah it's great it's, I mean in a beautiful setting everyone's hanging out like drinking great wine and talking about <laughs> photography can't yeah. beat it yeah so, it was pretty cool like yeah. how did you kind of get involved with that like uh, how did that kind of come about um, they had reached out. Um, I knew some of the, the directors from uh, when they were at magazines uh, in Italy, in Milan. So uh, then they started running the festival. And um, yeah. No, that's that. a, that's exciting. And the thing that I've always been kind of interested about your work, you kind of balance a mix of like, you do like ad campaigns for Delta, then you do your editorial work for National Geographic, and then you do like gallery shows. Do you feel like you're like running... T- two separate businesses with like the commercial and then the, the fine art stuff, or is it all just kind of blend together? Cause it, do you feel like it's like two different worlds you're kind of like operating in? Um, I, I, I like it ultimately when everything feels like it's the same, yeah. uh, cause it's still producing the same, like shooting, working within the same style and subject matter. Uh, it's just allows for different outlets mm-hmm. for the images, which I think is great. I mean, I love every, thing from like the, the being on a gallery wall to being published in a book to um a, a magazine online um it's just it all allows for um more audiences uh and um different processes of being able to uh edit and show it so mm-hmm. um yeah um i think all of it is is um is really important yeah that yeah. makes that makes sense and uh, one project I wanted to talk to you about was your U- U.S. Marshals project, which I believe came out a few years ago. 
mm-hmm. how did that kind of come yeah, about and how do you how do you, how do you even get like access yeah. to that because that seems like pretty tough <laughs> 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 yeah it was kind of like that was like my own version of like the tv show cops from like the 90s we were like the marshals would be like put on a bulletproof vest and when they tell you to do something like that we listen and put the bulletproof vest on and it was all them like going and serving warrants and like kicking down doors and doing knock and talks and yeah. photographing like sex offender roundups in vegas and my first shoot actually was uh in houston um uh, which is how i started the project um through a buddy of mine that I went to high school with, and um, we just reconnected after, geez, it had probably been like 15 years, um, and through mutual friends, and they were telling me like, oh, Cameron, he's like become a U.S. Marshal and all these things, and I went to uh, to see him during a, a trip for the holidays back to Texas and hung out with him for the day, and I was just like, man, this would be amazing and um to shoot and he i mean it's very pretty straightforward he put me in touch with their pr department in dc uh when i reached out i was like introduced myself and told him like what i've done what i was looking to do i was like i'm a magazine photographer i've published these books i would love to do a book about you guys and i think it's a great time that we live in now it's like everyone wants to tell their story, to share it, um, to put it out there. And um, they said yes. Uh, and um, they basically gave me access like, to all of their offices around the country. Wow. And when I would travel on assignment work, I would reach out and they would put me in touch with like the local marshals. And I would either just literally shoot you know, tack on a few extra days of when I would be maybe in Phoenix or in Las Vegas or LA or wherever it might be, um, and either shoot then or do maybe a little shooting or none at all. And that, but hear about things that are going on or, and then go back to photograph like air marshals training and yeah, lots of different stuff. So, um, yeah. What was kind of, did you kind of have a goal for that project when you started out? Like, uh, what you kind of wanted to do? And like, one thing I'm always curious about, like, when do you know when a project's done? (laughs) Like, that's like a tough thing. Yeah, it's, um, it normally just kind of presents itself. It's yeah. kind of like after working on something for, and for me, it ends up normally just being like a period of a few years. Um, not that I work on it straight, but in between doing things, I might, you know, pick it up more during for a few months and then set it down for a while or however it works out. But it's just kind of like, I like that feeling of going and like looking at something and forcing oneself like visually to like look at similar situations and explore it. Um, and then just kind of get exhausted by it. Um, um, it's just kind of that, like, it's that beautiful fine line of like, kind of like dancing around something. Um, I don't think I've ever explained it that way before, but it's (laughs) kind of like, um, just kind of like looking and looking and looking and then doing it and knowing when to stop before getting like totally worn out from it. Um, Mm -hmm. where this curiosity is like interesting and excited about it. And then it's kind of like, just kind of know when it's time to move on to the next thing. So, um, yeah. Um, and then it feels great because then get to put it out and Mm -hmm. it needs to end at some point. And then that's the time that it's, um, normally says when it's time to share it and put it out in the world type of a thing so yeah no that makes um, that makes sense yeah. and uh, a few more questions i'll let you go sure uh i guess like um like looking at your hip-hop honey's book 
Um, uh, how's the response been to that book? And like, uh, are you happy with like how the book came out? And like, ha have you has it all been positive? Because I mean, nowadays where it it's pretty tough, like uh, in terms of like. Uh, people are really tough about like gender and like sex and everything. Oh, yeah, completely. How has your respo yeah, yeah. response been with that? Yeah, it's been good. I mean, I was extremely nervous about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even before everything like the meet every, all the me too movement and everything that started like this past fall a year ago when I was like spoke with powerhouse and was like, they wanted to do the book and I wanted to get, um, um, a writer, um, to write and do interviews to in incorporate the women's voices and give them, um, yeah, basically to give them a voice along with my photos. Um, so it's something that I was very aware of about it even before, like all the, the recent stuff. And it's, tr it's so kind of, I don't know. It just always seems to happen like an interesting, my, Projects I work on, they always seem to overlap, not intentionally with social things going on, yeah. but it always ends up happening, like with U.S. Marshals and kind of issues about gun violence coming out and like fixating on guns. And I recently started working on a project about backyard fights um, that I'm going to shoot this weekend. Um, and it's just like things always, it always does, which I think is kind of interesting. And I'm fascinated by that <laughs> yeah. um and it makes me it feels good in a way because mm -hmm. it shows them like out there photographing things that are being talked about yeah. um and important matters um mm -hmm. so yeah i mean it was something that i was very of course Conscious aware of. of and for me it's like the pictures when i was photographing i was always throughout the project i was like going back to working through a casting director and photographing the models that he represented and going all, all these video shoots and would see the same models and I would show them the photos and they would love it. And, um, almost like when I was started doing it, it felt like it was almost glamorizing everything too much, like making everything like look too fantastic. And mm -hmm. after like seeing it, I, I became aware of it and wanted to tell something that be, was a more that became a more rounded story and showed the down moments the um some of like the the tension the um yeah less comfortable moments and, and also yeah the bored moments and all these different things because for me yeah it's important to tell a very well-rounded story so um yeah the re the response to the actual photographs has been very positive and supportive and um the press that's come out with it has um it's been a good thing. Yeah. So, um, no, that's good. Yeah. I think that's kind of the interesting thing about photography. Like, I mean, I'm a photographer and I look at, and I, and I know you're just kind of like photographing, you're just showing how people are. You're not like setting it up really. You're just kind of documenting it and mm -hmm. kind of putting it out there. But with photography, someone who maybe isn't a photographer, they can look at a photo and then make their own assumptions about it. Uh, like I was talking to Jesse Burke and he photographed this really nice portrait of his daughter who had like just lost her. I think she just lost her tooth and she was like bleeding mm -hmm. from the mouth. And it was like, he wasn't doing anything negative, but he actually got like a bunch of like bad, bad negative feedback from Instagram. Um, right. And all he was, was just documenting it. But that's the kind of, I guess the interesting about photography, like people can just kind of look at a photo and put their own take on it, I guess. And respond right. Right. And yeah. Online haters love to hate. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> it's like to take it with a grain of salt. I mean, yeah, people don't, yeah, it's important to, um, 
yeah, to be aware. I mean, in that case, to be aware of the situation and like how awesome of a dad that he is. Yeah, definitely. So um, then knowing the context of it, it's like mm-hmm. it all makes sense. Yeah, so, d- definitely. Yeah. And I guess like uh, how you kind of mentioned you had a couple projects you're working on now. Um, I think you mentioned like back backyard fights. Is that kind of like your current mm-hmm. project you're working on or anything else? Yeah, yeah, getting going, uh, photographing that, um, and that it's about, um, it's, I've been photographing, it's taking place in Western Virginia, and it's this guy, his name is Scarface, and he throws these regular Saturday night fights, and the whole premise of it, which is pretty amazing, is to lower gun violence for people to put down guns and pick up their fists to solve disputes, so it's, Partly that, and then also some like sports fighting, also. Um, but it's just like in his backyard, there's no rank. It's, you know, people punching, swinging. There's nothing like beautiful or orchestrated about it. It's a very intense thing going on, but it's a very kind of um, welcoming atmosphere. Uh, like after guys are, or women done fighting, they like congratulate each other, like, um, and make sure everyone's okay. And, um, um how, how, yeah how do you how did that kind of present itself how did you kind of start working on that project um i mean a lot of it just comes from like talking with people or like mm-hmm. friends suggesting things or different ways um this one specifically um i was just like having drinks with friends and this girl was telling me about these biker rallies that she used to go uh, to with her dad growing up and about like how this like they would have a tent and people would be like doing fights and boxing and stuff like that in the environment and the YouTube videos that she was showing with me looked kind of amazing. And then I was just like, where can I find this? But without the rink or any like to, to kind of just strip it of any sort of production possible. And then, um, yeah, um, just through researching came across this, this guy, Scarface. That's cool. Um, That's cool, yeah. man. Yeah. And I guess yeah. just to kind of wrap gotta, up. Gotta keep it interesting. <laughs> Hell yeah. No. West Virginia's amazing. <laughs> West, West Virginia's <laughs> interesting, that's for sure. Uh, oh, yes. And uh, yeah, yeah. I guess just to kind of wrap up, like, what do you think is kind of the key to your success and, like, longevity in this, like, biz- crazy photography business? Because, like, as you know, it's hard enough just to get started, but to kind of continually mm-hmm. keep building on it. Um, what do you think it is kind of kept you going? Oh, yeah, it's always a hustle. I mean, even now, after doing it for, I'm not sure how many years, <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> it's a blur. Um, I mean, it's always loving what you do. I always, I believe in what I've mentioned in always doing personal work. Um, I think that that always resonates. Um, uh, and it kind of, for me, it keeps it, it interesting. It keeps me um, feeling cr- creative and inspired. And I think it resonates with clients. Um, to always see something new and to see kind of where taking it next type of a thing. So, um, yeah. And then, Um, uh, I guess my last question is, um, do you kind of have any goals for anything moving forward you want to do with your photography or anything else you're hoping to work on? Um, what next? Um, (laughs) <laughs> you, you've done it all man I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> no, no not at all it's always i mean it's always wanted to to be um to feel inspiring and creative yeah. so however like time like spent it. doing that um i mean okay um i want um i have two boys um that are 10 and 13 okay and what would mean a lot to me is for them to come and experience this whole wow. thing with me yeah. um 
I bring my my oldest Ollie, who's 13, on um, when I've gone on press, um, so we can see that like aspect of it to go and see like what it's like to go and <clears throat> fly to China or Korea or Italy um, to go on press for book printing and seeing all of that experience taking place. And I would love for my boys to come and see what it's like to shoot and travel and yeah, to experience all that. So that's awesome, man. Um, that's well, my goal. Awesome. Yeah, well, uh, Brian, man, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on here, dude. It was a real pleasure. For getting I really t- enjoyed it. Yeah, definitely, man. And I guess... Uh, yeah, thanks for, for having me. Yeah, no, thank you. And yeah. I guess for people listening, where's the best place to check out your work? Um, on my in- or th- my website, Instagram, and I love I love looking at books. So okay. whenever there's a possibility to do that also, I think that's a, a very nice way to kind of spend some time and live with images so Perfect. yeah um, all right yeah. i'll just tell yeah, people thanks again for having me yeah tell, i'll tell people go check it out brianfink.com and uh thanks again man i guess we can just cut it there great Perfect. cool so there you have it that was the brian fink interview i want to thank brian so much for taking the time to come on the podcast it was a real pleasure getting to speak with him about all his work and experience in the photography world um lot of respect for everything that he does that guy is always shooting new projects so it's really inspiring and this shows you just keep on shooting you never know what can happen and uh yeah thanks brian and uh yeah going forward just want to let you guys know i'll be having weekly podcasts every monday on itunes soundcloud as well as on my website alexgagnephoto.com and on my instagram at alexgagnephoto thanks so much for listening and take care.